from Psalm 119, so please turn there. Last Sunday, Corey Smidgen preached from Psalm 19 on how God talks to us through his word. Through his works and his word. And through his word, God talks to us in a very personal way. This Sunday, it's how we talk to God through his word. Do you talk to God? If so, what do you say to him? Is it a real conversation like you would someone that you actually know? Do you honestly share your deepest thoughts with God? Your, your, your desires, your cravings, your wildest dreams, your daily frustrations, your crazy screams? I mean, do you really talk to God? Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is uh, uh, the psalmist talking to God. If you study Psalm 119, you will find the I-U grouping. I-U. I talk to you. You'll find that in every single verse. Psalm 119 is the most intense dialogue you will find in Scripture. It's 176 verses of I, psalmist, talking to you, God, about your word. And it teaches us how to talk to God. For reals, as my children used to say. Not just out of my head, it's not less than that, but out of my heart, right? You had a conversation with someone, and you're just talking to them out of your head, you're being polite, you're being kind, you're just talking to them, but it's all up here. But then you talk to somebody out of your heart, like you're pouring your heart out to them. They're your friend, perhaps your spouse. You're saying, listen, I'm really struggling, or listen, I'm really happy. You share with them your darkest secrets, your greatest joys. This is what Psalm 119 teaches us to do with God. And if you don't experience that or haven't, or it's been a long time since you've experienced it, then listen carefully. David Pallison said in the following quote, Psalm 119 is the thoughtful outcry that arises when real life meets real God. It is speech therapy for the inarticulate. And I'm one of the inarticulate when it comes to this. It's so personal. Psalm 119 It is personal. You've heard that phrase, it's just business, not personal. Sometimes we can fall into, it's just religion, not personal. I do my liturgy. I say my things to God. I do love him. But somehow it never becomes really personal. Psalm 119 is really personal. So let's read it. Not the whole thing. Just verses 10 to 48. And as you read it, I want you to note the I-U pairing. Notice how personal this is. Almost every verse, it's I, psalmist, you, God. There's this dialogue going back and forth. It's as if the psalmist is saying to God, I talk to you about what your word says to me. So last week, Corey preached what his word says to us. This week, we're learning how to talk to God about what God says to us in his word. So let's pick it up. Psalm 119, verse 10. Are you there? With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. 
I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. That's an amazing verse right there. Verse 14. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delights. Delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Are you catching this I-you pairing? It's thematic. Yes, the word is the theme, but it's this dialogue. It's intense. It's personal. This isn't some religious mantra that he is uttering in a church service, and it's Sunday, and what time is lunch? This is a personal interchange between God and man. My prayer is it would be revolutionary for you when you pray and speak to God today, from today moving forward. Verse 28. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false, far, far, false ways far from me. And graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts in your righteousness. Give me life. Let your steadfast love come to me. O Lord, your salvation, according to your promise, then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me. For I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. 
I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I shall walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame for I delight, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. You have just been listening to a very personal conversation between the psalmist, between a person and God. And in it, in this conversation, in the entirety of Psalm 119, we are taught how to talk to God from your heart. And that's the main point of the message this morning. Talk to God from your heart. Now you may be wondering, Al, how do I do that? How do I talk to God from my heart? Here's how you talk to God from your heart. You learn the pattern that is in Psalm 119. And here's the pattern. Here's an overview of the pattern on the screen. You declare God's character to his face. Start there. Then you describe your situation. And when you describe your situation, it's going to include asking for help. And finally, you delight in God's provision. So remember these three words. Declare God's character to his face. Tell him who he is. He already knows, but you tell him. Tell him what it says in his word. Tell him how he's revealed himself to you through his word. Just tell it to him. Start there. Wake up in the morning. Just start telling God how great he is how merciful he is, how kind he is, the fact that he gave you sleep, the fact that you can breathe, the fact that your eyes opened up. And then describe your situation. Yes, you can move into, Lord, are you aware of what I'm going through? It's okay, do that. Yes, he is, but he wants to hear it from you. This can include all kinds of things. You be real with God. He wants to hear it. And then finally, delight in his provision. Point one, declare God's character. In Psalm 119, the speaker, the psalmist, has been listening hard to what God says about himself in Scripture. So that's last week's message. God communicates to us through his word in a very personal way. And he's been listening hard, and he declares God's character back to God, right to God's face. And he does it in the midst of an ongoing struggle. This is that I-you dialogue that we just read in every single verse. Blessed are you, O Lord. You rebuke the insolent and accursed ones. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord. Your salvation according to your promise. He's listening hard to what God says about himself in his word. Here's the question. Are you listening hard? to what God says to him about himself in his word? Are you aware of the fact that in his word, God says that he established the earth and it stands, that his hands fashioned you, that you belong to him, that God says that he is near, God says that he is faithful to his word, God says that he is merciful to the righteous, God says that he judges the wicked, God says that he will execute judgment on those who persecute you. God says that he will give you his mercies and he will comfort you and that he is a hiding place for you. Start there every day. Declare to God his character right to his face. Tell him that he has dealt well with you in Christ, that he has revived you, that he has enlarged your heart, that he has taught you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, 
you learn to talk to God from your heart by confidently declaring God's character to his face in a very personal dialogue. Can you do that? I mean, this has revolutionized my prayer recently. Because a lot of times when I start with prayer, I'll start with, you know, Lord, help this person. Lord, you know, may your will be done on earth. Lord, and that's, there's nothing wrong with getting there. But, but recently, I've just when I wake up in the morning, there's typically many thoughts going through my head. Many of them. And I just say, wait, Lord, you rule this day. Lord, your word says that your mercies are new every morning. What mercies do you have this morning? Lord, you created this earth. Lord, you set the sun and the stars and the earth in its space. Lord, I can breathe. I'm not dead. I'm alive. And that's because of your mercy. I just start telling God, you know, who he is. It's like if you're a married couple. I'm not saying you do this, but... I've done it at times, and I want to do it more in my life. But I learned this from one of my friends, Danny Jones. He says, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'll just, I'll just speak over my wife, just things I love about her. She could be awake. Be careful if she's not awake. You don't wake her up if she's not good when she wakes up because she might swing at you. But just, just say something like, you know, sweetheart, I, I love you. Or if she's awake, just, just bless her. Vice versa, ladies. You, you understand what I'm saying? We're just reminding ourselves who this is that we're married to, if you're married, but reminding ourselves who this is that we worship. We're speaking truth in a world that is filled with lies about God. And many of those lies come right from the midst of our heart, particularly when we're going through difficulties. So I start there. And that's where we must start, church. But we can't just stay there. We have to go to point two. We declare God's character to God's face, but point two, we describe our situation. Now here is where the Psalms really serve us, because here is where you can yell at God. Yes, you heard me right. Faith is being honest with God when you are confused and hurting, and he's not giving you what you want. That's faith. That's faith. That's a real conversation, isn't it? If all you give God is thou and, oh, thank you, God, you know. If you only pray to God when things are going well, how is that a real relationship? It's not. See, that's why you start with declaring to God who he is. Because you declare, God, you are slow to anger and you're merciful to an ignorant person like me. You start with that one. And then, in point two, describing your situation, you say, can I just describe to you my ignorance right now? Because I don't understand what's going on here. He loves that. I have four children, eight grandchildren. I love it when they come to me laden with emotion. I do. I'm going to miss it when they're not there. A lot. None of you talk to me like my children speak to me. Not really. I mean, we can get real. But my kids are special. Because they're my kids. And I love that as a father. How much more a heavenly father? And we can. What he loves is you come to him. You don't have to come to him with a formula. Be real. The psalmist is. Listen to some of the things he says to God. He says, God, my face is in the dust. God, take away from me scorn and contempt. 
God, even though princes sit plotting against me, God, my soul clings to the dust. I am down. I am out. God, my soul melts away for sorrow. And that's poetic language. That is a depressed individual. God, I had no hope. Even if all you could do is cry before him. Do it. Do it. See, the psalmist here is facing troubles and sin from within. Keep my eyes from worthless things. Don't let me run after riches out of greed in my heart. So sin within, he's got problems there. Who doesn't? Sins from without, Lord, don't let them oppress me. The one who mocks me, don't let them scorn me so the sins of others are coming against the psalmist and injustice and they're being attacked. And then he's just living in a fallen world. So he's, he's talking to God from his heart. He's declaring who God is in the midst of his struggles. And then he's describing his situation to God. It's what we do with those that we're closest with. He says, God, I know who you are. Let me tell you what I'm going through, even though I know you know what I'm going through. But you want me to tell you that I know that you know what I know that you're going through. He loves that. He loves that. Learn from this psalmist. Describe your situation to God in heartfelt, detailed terms, and then ask him for his help. What's interesting in Psalm 119 is the psalmist doesn't go inward when he's depressed. The psalmist doesn't go inward when his face is in the dust. The psalmist doesn't go inward when princes and mighty people are attacking him. He goes to God. See, humility goes to God and others when we're struggling. Pride seeks to figure it all out right here. Did you know that in Psalm 119, I think there's over 176 verses, I think. In this psalm, there are 89 specific requests for God's help. 89. 89. Kids, if you find all 89, your parents will buy you an ice cream this afternoon. David Pallison says the following. On the screen, no chapter of the Bible asks for more or asks more crisply. This man takes God at his word. And so he asks for what God alone can do. Do you ask God for what he alone can do or do you try to fix it yourself? That's what we're getting at here. What does he want? The psalmist, that is. As we might expect, his requests Aligned exactly with his struggles against sin and pain. He wants mercy in both senses of the word. Instead of brooding about your situation, whether it is the sin from within or the sin from without, or trying to fix it on your own, talk to God from your heart and ask him for his help. Take a moment now, just right now, and think about your greatest need, your greatest struggle against sin. The pain you are experiencing right at this moment. Perhaps self-inflicted. Perhaps at the hands of others. Maybe you're experiencing injustice. Now ask God for his help in honest terms. And in asking, you may even want to share your disappointment with God that he hasn't given you what you've asked for. Do it. He loves that. 
See, faith means you honestly go to God with all of this. You don't just keep it inside. Now, bracketing these 89 specific requests in Psalm 119, the psalmist issues this primal cry of the heart at the beginning and at the end of this psalm. And this primal cry of the heart we find in verses 8 and 176. And we have those verses on the screen for you. Psalm 119, verse 8. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. And there's an exclamation point at the end of that. This was uttered pretty intensely. Maybe shouting. Maybe with tears. He's, he's intense here. Don't forsake me, God. It reminds me of what Corey preached on Good Friday when he said Christ was forsaken so that God will never forsake us, his elect, his people. He will never forsake us in life and he won't forsake us in death. See, you start with that one, right? Point one, declare God to God his character. And then in point two, when you describe your situation, you, you've just said you won't forsake me. And then you say, don't forsake me, right? Isn't that the nature of faith? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, you won't forsake me, but man, my bank account looks like you're forsaking me. That's actually faith. And then Psalm 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. See, that's, that's the not forsaking part. I declare to God, you sought me when I wasn't seeking you. And then when I describe my situation, I say, seek me, because it looks like I'm really lost. And where are you? For I do not forget your commandments. This is your cry. For God to not give up on you when it kind of looks like you've given up on him. And he won't. He won't let you go. God will deliver you when you are in distress. God will deliver you when you are vulnerable and totally exposed. And, and you're just, shame you think is right around the corner. And God says, all those who put their trust in me will never be put to shame. You start by telling God that, and then you say, God, but I feel really ashamed right now. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. It's actually one of the things he asked for. God will help you when you are weak. God will help you when you are sinful. Listen, that's why Jesus came. If you're not a Christian, this is the whole point of Christianity. You can't be good enough. You can't earn your stripes with God. Jesus did that. Christian, we've got to remind ourselves that, Right? We start our prayer with, Jesus, you're my righteousness. And then we describe our situation. Lord, I feel like a total loser. So wicked. I know what I just did. Oh, help me. And this leads us now to the final lesson that God gives us on how to talk to him from our heart. Point three, delight in God's provision. Delight in God's provision. Listen, God answers your cry for help in Christ. For it is in in Christ that God will never forsake you. The psalmist wrote this psalm with Christ in view. He didn't understand it fully, but he saw by faith. He saw down the quarters of time that God would send a Savior, the very Savior he promised at the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And he says, I know that you won't forsake me because you promised to save me. And he fulfills that promise in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Romans 8, 32 interprets Psalm 119. Read it with me on the screen. He who did not spare his own son, this is speaking of he, God, the Father, who did not spare his own son, Jesus Christ, God, the Son, but gave him up for us all on the cross. How, this is a rhetorical question, how will he not also with him, graciously give us all things. So 
we delight in God's provision because we began our prayer with declaring to God as a Christian that Jesus is our righteousness and that maybe even declare this verse to God. And then we describe how we're feeling totally forsaken, we're feeling totally lost, or we're feeling totally unrighteous because what we just did and we're so ashamed. Help us, God. And then, it, and then the, ne- the final part of our prayer is we delight in his provision. Don't you know that's what we do when we worship every morning? Don't don't you understand that's what we're doing? We're singing to God. We're telling God who he is to his face in song. And And then we're delighting in his provision in song. We're singing it to God. We're singing it to one another. Why? Because we need to. You need to be here on Sunday morning. You need to go and be with other people during the week in small groups. You need to call one another on the phone. You need to send texts like like Marcos is always sending me these texts of Scripture. And it's just such a blessing to me because it'll be in the middle of my day and I'll get a text. And it's Marcos. And it's a Scripture. Man, invariably, it's like, okay, that was good. God, I remind you of that. That's who you are. Now, can I go back to describing to you how totally and utterly lost I feel right now? But then let's get to that delighting in his provision. The psalmist does this. Over 40 times in Psalm 119, the psalmist either rejoices, delights, loves, gives thanks, marvels, and sings praises to God. Just listen to some of these. Try to find these this afternoon or tomorrow. My heart stands in awe at everything you've said. I love what you say. This is the psalmist speaking to God in this dialogue. I love what you say. I love your commandments more than rivers of gold. Your words are sweeter than honey in my mouth. We heard that last week from Psalm 19. Your testimonies are the joy of my heart. I absolutely delight in all that you say. Do you delight in all that God says? If not, tell him you don't and ask him to help you delight in all that God says and start with saying that all that he says is delightful. You got it? By faith I say, all that you say is delightful. In reality I say, but I'm not finding all that you say delightful. Especially when you say no to that thing I've been asking you for for 21 years. But then you, you end up with, but I delight in the fact that you sent Jesus, so that's super delightful. Help me understand what the other part is that isn't so delightful. And then you fall asleep. I always have those conversations in my head at night when I'm laying on the, on the bed. The stupid dog next door is barking at three in the morning. I like dogs. Don't look at me like that, okay? I don't like dogs? I do. I've learned to love two dogs in my life. One of them is Riley, Marcos's dog. The psalmist continues, the things you have written down are my songs. He actually says that in Psalm 119. Find it. That's why we sing the word. I love this one. I get up at midnight simply to give thanks to you. He says that in Psalm 119. I get up at midnight simply to give thanks to you. I look forward to lying awake at night so I can ponder your words. When you're lying awake at night, listen, and you're pondering things that are not blessing you, get this. Or if you've got it memorized, like the ladies are memorizing James, just start running that loop in your head. Ponder his word. Read Psalm 119. You'll probably fall asleep before you're done. Ponder his word. Ponder his word. I behold wonders in your law because I behold you. 
I behold wonders in your word and your law because I behold you. God speaks to us through his word very personally. We talk back to God from the heart, telling him what he's told us in his word, and we see him. Jesus is the living word. Friend, when you talk to God from your heart, God responds from his heart. And in this you delight. In this you receive light for your darkened mind and hope for your hopeless situations. Here's the appeal. Here's the appeal. Here's God's appeal to you from Psalm 119. God is saying this. I've given you my word. Now I want you to talk to me from the heart about what I've told you about me. See, this is the kind of talk he desires, a kind of talk that declares to God his character to his face, but then honestly describes your situation. Yes, I know he knows your situation, but he wants to hear it from your mouth and your interpretation because he loves you. And then after describing your situation, you delight in God's provision. You return to what the word says about what God has done for you. See, he has given you this relationship In Christ. In Christ you are his friend. In Christ you look to him for your life and you trust him for his provision. In Christ God delivers you and keeps you. In Christ you tell God all your thoughts. Talking to God from your heart. And then communicating to others the realities of his salvation in Christ. So church, open your heart to God today. Declare to him, to his face, his character. Describe your situation to God with all honesty. Listen, even the language you use doesn't offend God because he sees your heart anyway. And then delight in his provision in Christ, in Christ. And as you do, God is there. He's meeting you. He's giving you grace in the midst of life's painful realities, like the psalmist here in Psalm 119. God will give you a new and enduring delight in him, and that's the goal, teaching you how to speak and live for his glory and your good. You will find yourself speaking God's words back to God in real-life situations where you live, where you work, where you play, where you worship, which is in all three of those places. You will face yourself and your circumstances With faith in your God, revealing God who speaks into your life through Jesus Christ, the living word. Let's pray. Worship team, would you join me? Lord, we declare that you are mighty, that you have done for us great things. Lord, those of us who sit in death's shadow, which is every human being ever born, those of us whom, who sit in the bright, glaring, searing heat of the, of, of the sin within and without and the difficulties of this world. Lord, we need, we need your mercy. And we declare to you who you are. You are merciful in Christ. You are kind to the wicked. Oh, Lord, what a great passage that is in the Sermon on the Mount. It says, be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful, who is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's us. That's who you are. We're the ungrateful and the wicked. You are kind to us. So Lord, we declare to you, to your face, well, you are kind to the wicked and the ungrateful. And so God, we come to you and we say, please, 
You who took on flesh. You who understand our temptations. Help us. And here's how we need your help. This is where, where we're at, Lord. This is our situation. And Lord, even as we share it with you, we're open for you and your word to help us understand our situation better. But we start with just what we know and are so grateful that you're patient with us. You help the ignorant. That's us. You give us life and light as we learned last week. Your word makes us wise. And Lord, now we delight in your provision. Lord, my soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in the God who saves. I will trust in his unfailing love. I will sing his praises all my days. So Lord, we start today. For the rest of our days, we sing your praises because you are mighty. Let's stand and confess that together in song. Let's declare to God who he is in song.